Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Boom. Stand with me. Welcome all of you watching online. Don't turn it off. Super Bowl's not till 6.30. It's super church right now, okay? Here's Zoom. Five, I, 5.30, I'm sorry. Hey, hey. You would have thought I'd curse God or something. Hey. Jeez, okay. It depends on where you're from. 6.30 East Coast, 3.30 West Coast, 4.30 Mountain Time. All thinking like Oklahoma people here, right? <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take a seat, all you time watchers. Gee, what am I going to do with you? I just did a little mini-series just entitled Creating an Upside in Down Times. And uh, in times that we would, we would consider historically, at least for most of us, that we've been going through down times. And if we're not careful, down times will get us down. And we have to be careful to realize that the times in which we live don't determine the power of God or the lack of power of God. Matter of fact, if anything, God just continues to show himself strong. But if we're not careful in down times, we get down and we lose our focus. We begin looking at everything going on around us and we lose focus on what can be going on within us. Uh, God does a work in us so that we can handle the things going on around us. He's able to do more than we can think, ask, or imagine according to the power that works in us. So a lot of times during down times, you'll hear a shift in discussions. People will begin talking about the problems, the chaos, the crises, the adversity, the opposition, and all of these things become a topic of conversation. Uh, sometime toward the end of last year, I quit listening to news. Now, I, I read, but I didn't listen. Because faith comes by hearing, fear comes by hearing. It didn't say by reading. <laughs> so I figure if I read the news, I can interpret it without any emotion. Because talking heads have emotion. How many of you know that? You, you, all you have to do is turn somebody, even turning uh, me on in, you know, watching me. Uh, you're hearing an emotion, a passion I possess. If you agree with that passion, it stokes the fire that's in you. If you disagree, it makes you hate me. I'm good with either. I mean, I'm just old enough to where it's like, I don't care. But when I listen to people on television, it, it really sometimes uh, makes the problem sound bigger than it really is. In other words, if you go throughout history, the bubonic plague, you, you talk about the bird flu, you talk about tuberculosis. Throughout history, we've had different types of uh, attacks on our bodies 
And uh, maybe because we didn't have social media, we didn't have immediate access to information, I think it was different. I think had they had social media during some of those times, we would be experiencing then the same thing we are now. So now we don't have the opportunity as easily as in the past to just turn things off because they were never on. So now we have a greater responsibility to ourselves to determine how much negative, how much news we can hear without it negatively affecting us. You see, the devil doesn't typically come at us face to face. It's a gradual process to steal our faith. It's, it's, it's this process of getting us to buy in at certain levels until we are so far gone we can't find our way back or we can't do it easily. And so it's, it's, what, I, what I'm saying is the problem is not our problem, and you've heard me say this for about a month. It's our response to the problem that becomes the problem. If you have a problem and you begin to perceive in your mind or your soul takes delivery on nothing good is ever going to happen to me. Nothing good's ever going to happen to our family. It's been months. It's been years. It's been however long. And you begin to convince yourself that things just aren't going to get better. And all you have to do to support that theory is turn on the television and listen to news. Now, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus because they're doing their job or what they think is their job. Uh, I would disagree that it's their job to tell us their opinion. All I want are the facts. There used to be a program on when I was a kid called Dragnet, I think it was. You remember that? Joe Friday? Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Joe would never let anybody introduce emotion or feelings. Just the facts. Well, if we could just get the facts, which we don't have, and some of you may think we do, but we don't, we don't have just the facts. And, and so with that said, it can become very frustrating if you keep listening to somebody that you're going, I feel like that you are selling me on something that you believe or want me to believe that you believe that I don't want to believe. And so with all that said, what I want us to do today is learn how to create an upside in down times. And there is always an upside. For Jesus, how many of you know that that didn't look like an upside on Good Friday? As a matter of fact, if I was Jesus, I would have called it Bad Friday. Suffering, getting beat. But it was Good Friday only because Jesus said, this is not the end. It's not over here. I know what's about to happen just a few days from now. And you're going to thank God. And I thank God that that's the only reason I can call this Good Friday. Because Sunday's on the way. So you have to determine that society, crises, famine, whatever it might be is not going to steal the joy that came through Jesus Christ. And that it takes an effort. It doesn't happen easily. And that's the thing. I I love, you know, I love indoor plumbing. I love microwaves. I love having refrigeration. I love air conditioning. I really love heat right now. But we have become so accustomed to things becoming so easy for us that the spiritual battles that we possess today really are no different than the spiritual battles of Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Isaiah. 
Deborah, all of those things, the list of things. You say, well, it's different. Spiritual warfare has never changed. Now, how we do spiritual warfare uh, has changed some because now we're inundated, overwhelmed with negative news. And back then, it took days to get negative news to somebody. But today, we can get it in seconds. If you want to have a bad day, it doesn't take any time to have a bad day. And you and I are who we are today, not because our mom and dad, not because of our first grade teacher or sixth grade teacher or or whoever. We're not who we are today because of them. We're who we are today because we chose to believe what they said. (laughs) That's a non-COVID sneeze. I've already had it. It's gone. I'm immune. I tell you, better than vaccination is if you would have known at five years old what I knew, you'd never get sick. That's eat a lot of grass and a lot of dirt, not by choice. Because your big brother held you down and fed it to you like a cow. I've been blessed with health, and I think a lot of it is because I drank out of a water hose. I ate grass and mud pies. Yep, that's how come we're good today. That's how come Jesse and I'll be preaching at 105. We'll be doing all your funerals. But uh, <laughs> I, just, I just know I'm going to live a long time. I know that doesn't make a lot of people happy, but I know it makes me happy. But we get to choose, and, you know, I know it's been a, almost a year now, and there's still debates, and, People are banking on vaccinations, and I sure hope it works. And even if it doesn't, it's helping a lot right now because people believe it is. No, it's funny. What you believe to be true, you know, it's good. I'm glad. I'm happy. I ain't mad at nobody. But uh, the reality is each one of us gets to determine every day how we're going to live, how much joy we're going to have, how positive we're going to be, how negative we're going to be. And some of y'all just let people back their mouth right up into your soul and just trash it don't let people talk trash just be positive be happy but but the reality is the reality is Jesus Christ is Lord he's seated at the right hand of God he's interceding for you and me and he said pray that your kingdom come will be done on earth as in heaven I believe in heaven come to earth today little little bit of Jesus a little Holy Spirit every morning every Sunday I get ready to preach I just say Holy Spirit I'm surrendered to you I'm submitted to you so say whatever you want to say through me and let me say some things I want to say. and That way there's a contrast and people can see you instead of me. And they'll go, Mark's just little today. He's a little off, but Jesus is Lord. Turn your Bible set to uh, 2 Corinthians 7. And so remember this. The promises within you are more than enough to overcome the problems on the outside of you. The promises within you. This is the reason we read the Bible. Today, for the first time in like six months since I've been doing this, posting a scripture every day on Instagram and Facebook, and you all need to follow me and you need to read it. I'll put you in the Word first thing every morning. You'll be able to memorize something that you're going to use throughout the day. But they came up and said, thank you for posting a scripture every day. And I said, you know, my flesh wants to post some of my great thoughts. I have some. They aren't many, but the ones I do have, I'm very proud of. 
But I want to post those. And I felt like the impression I got from God about six months ago was, what I have to say is a lot better than what you have to say. I don't know if God talks to you that way. It could get a lot of y'all down, but I went, you're right. (laughs) I've learned not to argue with God. If he says what he has to say is better than what I have to say, I'm going with him. So there have been a couple of times I've been tempted to post some of my own brilliant thoughts. Thank you. (laughs) And I thought the better of it when I realized God didn't tell me to post it. But the reason I'm posting positive scripture is because there's so much negative going on in the world. If I can just read the Bible, even a verse a day, just get in there and read it and just quote it and think about it, I'm better that day. Because I realize if God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me, he's not a man that he should lie. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. If, if, If God told me, don't worry about what you're going through, you're going through. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. If I can just do that, and I've talked to several families recently, and I said, you know, what I've realized is the choice you make today may or may not be permanent. That's not your call. So don't take delivery on something God told you to do today and act like 20 years from now you're still going to have to be doing it. It may be a moment where God's saying, I just want to see, not tempt you, but test you to see what you'll do. Trust Him. Say good things. When people start talking about problems, say, can we just stop and pray about that right now? Oh, it will irritate religious people. (laughs) No, because I got to vent. We've had enough of your vent. (laughs) Every now and then, venting will get you in trouble. And the Bible doesn't say, therefore thou shalt vent. (laughs) Be it unto you according to your vent. We need to realize every day we're shaping our life, our world, our destiny, our purpose. We're giving shape to it. I mean, I'm telling you, pastors all across the country used to preach in the filled up auditoriums and they can't even have 25% in there now. I'm telling you, the devil will come and tell you, you ain't no good. Nobody's coming. And then I'd remind him, it's because of your pandemic, devil. Now, I know that some of you will interpret that in various ways. Notice I blamed it on the devil, not China. Notice that. I ain't blaming it on anybody. I'm going to tell you, the thief comes steal, kill, and destroy. He'll use whatever, whoever, whenever, wherever. So let's just get over all of that. Quit calling people names and just start saying, you know what? This is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to rejoice and be tickled. I'm going to be so happy they'll drug test me. And I'm going to tell them I'm on amphetamine. Not math. Not math. amphetamine. I'm just one happy camper. And, 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 well, you just, have to, you just have to get there. You just have to get there. Paul said this in, in verse uh, 1. With promises like this to pull on us, To pull us on, promises, folks, promises. Whenever you have a problem, the Bible has an answer. Well, I feel all alone. Well, God said he'd never leave you nor forsake you, so you're not alone. Well, I'm just not good enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm so dumb. No, you're not. You have the mind of Christ. I don't look good. Oh, yes, you do. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you all that feel like you need to lose some weight, 
God just said, I gave somebody more to love. I got all kinds of answers for your problems. No, I'm too thin. No, you can hide behind that pole if there's ever trouble. I just look for all kinds of reasons to be happy with where we are and who I am. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. You know, we don't just worship God when things are going good. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when things are at their worst, in a down time is the time you lift Him up most. Say, I got to exalt God because when you lift Him up, He inhabits that praise and begins to sit down in your crisis, in the midst of your adversity. God will be there. And you know what? Sometimes in your worst moment is the best opportunity for God to shine in your life. People say, well, I hear you lost your job, foreclosing on your house. I saw him repo your car the other day. And if you go, yeah, terrible, terrible. Politicians in Washington, it's all their fault. (laughs) Every one of them. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, knucklehead. Always, no, all you have to do is take a step back and say, something good's getting ready to happen, I can tell. Jesse, what's that saying? When you have nothing, God's up to something. When I'm down, then nothing. God's up to something. I got to tell you something. God's up to something right now. I got to tell you, God's up to something. And I just going to tell you, don't worry, don't fear. I mean, you have to battle. You have to fight through it. But let me just tell you something. I know how this plays out. I really do. And, 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 and I would say it, but some of y'all would criticize me. Just because I'm positive. How many of you have ever been around somebody negative and you, you, you know, they'll start telling you their story and you start have a positive comeback. They tell you more. You have two positive comes back. And they're mad at you for trying to make them happy. I'm just trying to help you. I don't want help right now. Quite frankly, I want to be miserable. Hmm. Hmm. I'm out. <laughs> it's like last week I, I brought up the first point, which is during down times, we oftentimes take on a victim mentality like this whole crisis, this whole virus is because the devil doesn't like me. People don't like me. Boss don't like me. I'm a victim. Woe is me. Like everybody else around you is not having a tough time. Everybody is. Everybody in the world is. So if somebody doesn't step up in a, in a downtime and, and create an upbeat, upside mentality, it's gonna, it, it, you're just going to hate this. It's not going to turn around. It turns around when you look at the scripture that promises no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me will be refuted. And it sounds really, everybody says, oh, I know that scripture. I don't care what you know. I care what you live. If you're a Christian, act like a Christian. If you're a believer, act like a believer. Don't become a victim. I mean, I'm going to tell you. Let me read this, and then this, this will make more sense when I read this. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. We've all heard it. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It doesn't mean it's louder. 
It just means it's broader. (laughs) Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, capital T, which Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and the life. So borne testimony to Jesus, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Every one of us in this place, if we stop long enough and ask the question, what is my greatest challenge today? You could name at least one thing, and you really negative people, it'd take us 24 hours to listen to you. I mean, you know, you just, you just keep on. And, and so what I would say is this. If we're not careful, we make ourselves victims. Nobody else can make you a victim. If they kill you, you're a victor if you know Jesus because you're going to heaven. And so we embrace this victim role. And, and if we're not careful, we will go down in down times or with the down times. I remember one time that I, I, I made myself out to be a victim. I was going to college carrying a full load and I was studying theology, so there was this huge mega church in the town I was at. And, and you know, I, I didn't even think I had any significance. I thought, how do you get to be known in a church of ten to 15,000 people? And uh, so one night, they, they did this, uh, it was a Sunday night worship experience, you know, four or 5,000 people there. And uh, the youth pastor came on stage and asked if uh, there would be any people in the congregation that would be available to help him take uh, the teenagers to youth camp. Well, youth camp is a suburb of hell. (laughs) If any of you have ever gone to youth camp, why would anybody want to go to youth camp? You have you have group showers. You have these, and it's just a mess. I don't know about the women's side, but boys, you don't know if you're walking in water that came out of the shower or something else. And so he's, he says, if I could get some volunteers, we got, we're going to Arkansas. We were in Tulsa, going to Arkansas for this camp, and I need bus drivers. And if you have a CDL, and I had a CDL. I, I was a commercial uh, a driver. I could drive trucks, buses, anything, whatever. So I'm sitting in this crowd of people, this massive humanity, and, and I felt like the Lord said, go volunteer. So I go down. Here's how I volunteer. Uh, you probably already have it filled up, but just in case, you know trying to let him know I don't care. I really don't want to do this, but I think God wants me to. He said, no, we don't have enough. You're in. I went. So anyway, that introduced me to him, and, and, I, and, and all of a sudden now I go from being one person in 15,000 to now the pastoral staff knows me. And, and so I drove the bus. I helped that week at camp, and and, you know, did all that, and we came back, and he said, hey, really, thank you. Would you have an interest in becoming my associate? Because it was a big church, eight, 900 kids. Would you, would you be interested? And I thought, well, man, I mean, I, this is what I'm going to college for. So I went from carrying a full load at college, and they gave me an office, but I didn't get paid. How many of you know? <laughs> it's usually an upside and a downtime. <clears throat> but I thought, well, 
maybe the old principle that I've <clears throat> now come to realize, whatever you sow, you reap. Maybe if I sow, I'll reap. So I began to volunteer, and, and it was summertime, and, and the pastor had this brilliant idea that we were going to put two huge Christmas trees on the stage at Christmas. So for the next six months, they were going to be raising awareness, raising money, scheduling all these hospitals to take presents to kids and all these homes and orphanages and whatever we had, we were going to bless these children. So they come to me and they say, you know what, would you be willing to take this job on? Well, now I'm not only working for the youth pastor, but I'm doing the whole church thing, but nobody still knows me, just the few people that needed me. So I said, I'd love to. So I thought, okay, I'm really doing good now. I'm getting known. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my field. And all of a sudden, I'm doing all this work. I'm, I'm, I'm having to talk to hospital administrators. I'm talking to all scheduling times and dates and all this. On, in the meantime, the pastor would stand up and say, now we're going to do this at Christmas. We need you to bring your gifts. So I'd get the gifts. I'd have to label. I'd do all the stuff and, you know, I, everything. So it's getting ready for the big, big finale uh, the, the week before Christmas. And it's a Sunday night service again. And, and all the packages, all the work I'd done was out in front. It was on stage. Huge stage. Huge trees 20 30 feet tall presents all around them and i'm backstage because you know i'm organizing this and i'm having to get everything done so i'm backstage kind of getting everything backstage was like this big and so i'm back there and there's this huge curtain out in front you know and they're out there well the pastor calls the youth pastor out on stage to explain the whole process of giving away and what we're going to do well i'm thinking now's my time baby it's the hour of power with mark crow Youth pastor goes out on stage. I'm just thinking, he's getting ready to introduce me. I'm going to do my stroll. Mark Crow stroll. He gets out there. He's talking, talking. Never mentioned my name. Never said one thing about me. Never appreciated me. Never said thank you. Nothing. And this is where God and I have this very unique relationship. God didn't talk to me with, oh, my child, my precious kid son of all sons no 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 god goes what's the problem i said well he didn't mention my name i'm standing back all of a sudden i'm becoming a victim i'm a victim of they worked me they did all this i did all this work and nobody knows and god didn't get with me and go i know right <laughs> that's just not who god is they're so bad and you're so good you're my bestie, my BFF. I'm going to get on to him after this is all said and done. I'm going to have a chat with those pastors who took all the glory that you should have had. Come on, Mark. Let's go have milk and cookies. Forget Santa. We're eating them this year, you victim. God said, would you have still been willing to do this had you known it was going to turn out like this? God always asks real tough questions. And I'm, I'm trying to get brilliant here because I'm thinking, okay, how do I answer this? Because if I lie, he knows I'm lying because he knows my heart, right? How many of you ever, you know, you think, you think you're getting by with one? Well, I, I pulled one over on God. Really? So my response was to God, no, God, I wouldn't have, but I would want to. I thought that I would want to would buy me a little grace. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm being a jerk right now, God, but I don't really want to be. How many of you know when you're being a jerk and you just can't stop? It's like you need somebody to slap you and say, you're being a jerk. 
And usually the woman does that very well. They're ahead of us. Did you know their development's faster than ours? If you're a guy, you can't rent a car until you're 25 because your brain's not developed. I'm beginning to believe it's 35. <laughs> We're guys. People who have girls first, two girls, and then they have two boys, and they think the boys are going to be like the girls. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> and so I, I played the victim. Did the, did the pastor make me a victim? Did the youth pastor? No, I made me a victim. Yeah, should they have recognized me? Probably not. <laughs> because I was an idiot. God said, you're going to be a victim, aren't you? Thumb sucker. Spiritual thumb sucker. Go home and pout. I'm all offended. The trouble with Christianity and Christians is most Christians are weak, easily offended. You know, oh, you hurt my feelings. Y'all are supposed to be the church. You're supposed to be perfect. No, this is not the love boat. This is a battleship. There ain't no freaking room service on this boat. It's like, you think you're just floating around, la, 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 la. No, we're in war. I've never seen anything like it. Well, that church hurt me. Go to the next one. They'll hurt you. It may take six months longer, but they're just more finessed. I don't care how holy Chick-fil-A is. I've had a couple of bad chickens. But you don't quit going to Chick-fil-A because somebody dropped yours on the floor. And then they abide by the five-second rule. It's good. No, I'm just kidding. They've never done that. But isn't it funny how we treat the church differently than every other institution? Because you have this expectation of the church, and the reality is you are the church. And if you want the church to become better, don't expect somebody to serve you better. Serve other people, and you'll get better. You'll stay a victim if you keep expecting everybody else to do you good. You start doing other people good and good will come your way. But you want somebody else to treat you good. God said be good and you'll reap good. Serve and somebody will serve you. Love and somebody will love you. Be kind and somebody will be kind to you. Man, I like him. I've actually had people leave this church because I didn't shake their hand. I didn't know you were there. I'm not omniscient nor omnipresent. And besides that, a handshake and a dollar won't even get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I'm just not that exciting. My handshake is no different than anybody else. I love all of you, but let's get real. We become victims. And in down times, you bring that victim to church. I lost my job. I should have been promoted and somebody else got it. I just don't know why they didn't promote me. Probably because of the way you're talking right now. Let's grow up. I always tell people, I say, well, yeah, I don't like church because you're not doing anything. It didn't mean to come out that way. Uh, 
It just kind of, it it's just one of those, it's like a burp you couldn't control. Anyway, so what happens is honestly, when you get in the trenches and you start serving other people, it takes away the victim mentality because you're no longer focused on you. You're focused on other people trying to make their life better. And when you make somebody else's life better, God will make your life better. I always love it. People go, you know, I'm just so busy. I'm so sorry that you only have 20 hours in a day and the rest of us have 36. I understand that there is a little bit of inequity there. (laughs) Folks, there's an old saying. We always find the time to do the things we really want to do. Is God a priority in your life? Is serving others a priority in your life? In down times, that is the upside. I'm not going to sit around and become a victim. I'm not going to decide that God is picking on me. Man, if you got that much of God's attention, you're a stud. God has forsaken everybody else just to pick on me. So happy. Thank you, Jesus. There are people who get, think God is, thrives on negative attention. I'm going to do something negative. I'll get God's attention. I'm not going to church for three weeks. God, God's in heaven going, okay. Doesn't change what I'm going to do. You just miss out on some things. I had big plans for you that second Sunday you were going to miss. I was going to make you wait on the first one and give it to you the second, but you didn't come. It's amazing to me that Target and Walmart have less virus cases than the local church. Well, that's the way it appears. Because we can go there. But God, help me get up on a Sunday morning. Well, I think I'll just stay in bed and pray. (laughs) Snoring is not prayer. Don't be a victim. Secondly, in bad times, it's really great to have good friends. And good friends will sharpen you. They won't endorse your venting all the time. Woe is me. I'm so mistreated. Where were you, God, when? Well, I got good news for you. God's in the same place today that he was when he watched his son be crucified. I love how, think about this a moment. It's always been a little bit confusing to me. I get it. But still, what we call Good Friday, if I was Jesus, I'd be looking at my father going, really? What's good about this? I'm suffering. I'm getting beat to death. I'm being nailed to a tree. All Jesus needed to do would get the 12 and go, guys, don't you feel sorry for me? Can we just have a little pity party, a little victim small group here? I'm going to die. And it's because of you knuckleheads that sin all the time. If I'd have been Jesus, I would have railed society. I'm dying because you guys for thousands of years have acted like knuckleheads. And now i got to die. And on top of that, my father's calling it Good Friday. 
if I'm the one hanging on the tree, that's bad Friday. <laughs> but the reason Jesus didn't give ear to, hey, we want you to become king now, and, and all the challenges of him, them trying to prevent him from getting to the cross, he said, no, it's good Friday because I see Sunday is on its way. See, if you're a victim, you will always be void of vision. Victims have no vision, which is why they are victims. I figured if I lost this job, God has a bigger, better job for me. Now, I like my job, so don't get me wrong. I love you all, most of you. Actually, that's not true. I love all of you. It's the like factor that we have a problem with. You know, I'm mostly joking. <laughs> See, I just am challenging us today because we are so easily offended as people. We think that when, I mean, have you ever been somewhere in a restaurant and the table next to you, they're talking and they look over at you and you automatically think they're talking about you? That's when you know you have a victim mentality. <laughs> What'd you say about me? They don't even know you're there. You have to pick the right friends that won't let you be a victim. That will challenge you. Get up. You don't need people that will stay down with you and, and let, let, let all of this going on around you and around them infiltrate the promises of God that are resident in you. You have to have the right friends. I had a... Uh, I don't know how, I've always been very blessed. God's been very, very good to me and allowed me to, to have some really great people in my life. They're, most of them are in heaven today, from John Osteen to Lester Sumrall to Oral Roberts. Never directly sat down with Billy Graham, but spoke to all of his staff and had the opportunity to be in numerous places. So I got this opportunity to meet people and I just have always liked people and so I began to play golf with one of these renowned people none of the ones I just mentioned but another one that you would know that I'm not going to share because it would be somewhat disparaging but we, he was a great golfer but he was the most negative person I'd, I'd finish 18 holes I could shoot 8 below par and still be miserable and a victim because at the end of four hours with him, I felt like somebody had run over me with a tractor with discs on back. If you're from Oklahoma, you know what those discs are. And finally, God just addressed my heart. and He said, he's not helping you. I thought, but God, he knows everybody in the world, and everybody in the world knows him. He can help me. And God said, no, he's going to kill you. He's going to drag you down. And I've come to lift you up. Get the right friends in your life. Get the right friends in your life. Sometimes they're the ones who entangle you. They're the ones that strangle you. They're the ones that prevent you from your destiny and your purpose. In down times, you're more susceptible to getting down. Talking about what might be. Is the vaccine going to work? Are, is, are we going to shut the country down again? What, what, what are the restrictions? You know, all of those things become a distraction and de they, they're divisive. We need to speak up to people if people were going to lift people up.
Find people around you that will speak to the destiny within you. As a pastor, I find it very, very important to not get you to like me, but to get you to love God's word and God's promises. When I started doing these scripture posts every day, I felt like God saying, I want people to know my word so they can fight the battle that we're in right now. It glorifies God when you walk around and believe anything is possible with him. Nothing's too difficult for God. So when you find a friend, find somebody that will listen to you, but somebody you will listen to. Problem with most friendships is they're one-sided. You have an A-type and you have a C-type, and the A-type's always talking, and the C-type needs a chiropractor. Like a dog in a window. Always wanting to... Listen. I was reading an article about Tom Brady, who's, you know, they'll wheel him out on the field in a wheelchair, but he'll do great. (laughs) I mean, he's just old for the NFL. But, and I like him, by the way, but the thing that that is so amazing about him is his attitude and outlook. Never uses age as an excuse. Never talks about anybody else, puts anybody else down so he can be lifted up. He's just one of the most humble quarterbacks in the league. He's the guy that people want to be around because he turns them into winners. Now, for those of you who aren't football fans, this is, I know, you're listening going, okay, who's that and what's that? But the question was, in New England, is Belichick the reason New England wins, or is it Brady? Well, I think that was proven this year that it was the old man. When you walk into a room, does the room become more energized, or do you take the air out of the room? I avoid negativity. I avoid negative people. So if I don't shake your hand, it may not be because you're negative, but it could be. Um, I've been doing this so long. I'm just telling you, I, 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 it's, it's amazing to me that you can leave a, a, a worship experience down. That takes work. It really does. Because when they're worshiping, the presence of God is here. You say, well, I don't like this, the sound. We have earplugs. Uh, if you don't like the levels or whatever, you know, why, why can't you just get happy and say, well, they're, they're glorifying the Lord? I have a feeling heaven's going to be loud. Does that make you not want to go? Okay. We're just warming you up. That's all we're doing as a church. We're getting you ready for heaven. Quiet churches, don't know what you're going to do when they get there. We're just going to keep it going. Then lastly, be creative. During downtimes, sometimes you have to get creative. And uh, spend time every day envisioning what you can do to make other people's lives better and what you can do to make your life better. Be creative. I dream regularly about things just to keep my dreamer active. 
I think about things that I know are never going to happen because this is what I'm called to do. But I think I've often throughout the years thought, what would I do if? And when you start thinking creatively, the weight of being a victim will never get on you. In fact, most millionaires today have failed numerous times. We have a friend, Susan and I have a friend, telling the story of her dad that he's been a millionaire three times. First time he lost the first million, second lost the second, and now he's a millionaire again. I don't know him, but I want to meet him. Just because I think I could help him with Jesus. Um, But what I'm saying is, he learned at an early age when he was dropped off and left to himself at 15 years old when his dad never came back to get him that life was going to be on his shoulders now. Now, he could sit around and be a victim and blame his dad for not coming back and picking him up. I have a friend who was left on a street corner at 8 years old. His mom dropped him off, so I'll be back. She never came back. Both of these men are very successful because they decided... My mom and my dad don't determine my destiny. My response to the problem does. The upside and down times, it will reveal who you really are. Sometimes that's not pleasant. I've gone through those times where I thought, I don't even want to know the Mark Crow I'm seeing right now. But instead of saying that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be the Mark Crow God wants me to be. And that's going to require some changes, and it still does every day. Don't give up. There's an upside in down times, and you possess the upside. You're the final decision for your life, not somebody else. So during this time, don't become a victim. Process and ask yourself the question, who do I need to have around me to protect what's in me? Above all things, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. And I've told people when I first got born again, I changed all my friends. And I said, it's not you. You're not at fault here. It's me. I cannot handle what I've been going through. Now, I could today. I could be around all those people today because I'm a mature Christian. I I have no problem. But I wasn't a mature Christian then. I had to change all of my associations and affiliations because I knew I couldn't let that into my heart. I had to guard my heart. And a part of that means being creative in doing so. I wanted to make sure that I'm not blaming anybody else for where I am. I'm not blaming anybody else for who I am. I am a product of the choices that I've made. And I will continue to make choices, hopefully, creative choices in ways that I can go from glory to glory. And that's what God has for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for your grace, your patience with us. Even in down times, when we're down and we're having moments, you never leave us, you never forsake us, we're never alone. And God, with you, nothing is impossible. So Lord, we're going to stand by you, we're going to stand with you as you stand by us and stand with us. God, I pray in these difficult times, down times, that we would all start looking for the upside in the down time. The person who gets laid off, the person who gets fired. Wake up every day and go, God has an incredible future for me, a profession, a vocation. God, you must have something phenomenal or I would not have been let go. So, Lord, I just thank you that the best is ahead.
with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. Even if you've accepted Christ, there are those who have not. And we want to join them in professing faith in Jesus Christ. So pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. Today I'm a born-again Christian. Today I'd go to heaven if I died. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you, you know it was the first time or you feel like you just rededicated your life, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. Just text the word SAVED. Uh, it helps us to know you were changed, but more importantly, it helps you. You've made that decision. You've made the statement, and now you're digitizing it, putting, on, putting it out there on text in church and letting us know, today I gave my life to Jesus. Very important. You get to determine your future, not somebody else. Somebody else. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.